Welcome to the Inside the Eight podcast with your hosts, Jamie Monroe and Colleen McGarity. This podcast is dedicated to all things women's lacrosse. We will break down top games of the week, discuss coaching strategies, and lacrosse recruiting. We will even bring in some of the game's top coaches and players as special guests. And now, here are your hosts, Jamie and Colleen. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Inside the Eight podcast. We took a little bit of a break, but we're back here today with Sydney Pareka. And I'm a solo again without Jamie Monroe. Um, very excited to have Sydney on here. And I was just doing a little research before this, and you're probably one of the best players to ever come out of Florida. Um, <laughs> there's too many accolades to list, but two-time All-American started since your freshman year. And now you're the assistant coach at Syracuse. And what is your um, main title at Syracuse? You with the offense, defense? What are you doing over there? I'm with the offense for the most part. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So you get to work with Gary. Yes. Um, and then uh, who's on the def- defensive side again? Caitlin DeFelice. And whose sister is on the team as well? Yep. She's um, she's a fifth year. Got it. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you've been loving Syracuse and um, is this your first job out of college and a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. This is awesome. I'm super excited. Um, yeah, so this is my first, first, uh, job right out of college. Um, I took this job in the summer of 2019. So right after I graduated, um, I was actually planning on going to grad school and got accepted and applied and did all of that back on home on Long Island. And then, uh, this job kind of came about out of nowhere and, you know, it's, it's, it's too good of an opportunity to pass up. So uh, now I'm here for my second year and don't plan on leaving. So uh, <laughs> it worked out pretty well. That's awesome. I know. It's funny. I kind of was the same way when I graduated Northwestern. I went into the real world for like six months. And then mm-hmm. my coach at Northwestern got the Colorado job. And I was like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. I'm going into coaching. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's hard to ever go back. So now you're stuck. You're stuck for life. I know. I'm like, maybe I'll go back and get finish out my degree. Because my first year at Syracuse, I was taking um, classes for speech pathology for my grad program that, that I'd be doing at home. And then after the first year, I'm like, coaching has like surpassed all of that. I'm going to just leave it at that for now. <laughs> totally. I think the lifestyle, I mean, my husband always gets so mad. He's like, I mean, you get to be out on the field and, you know, mentoring kids all the time and doing what you love. And I think it's really cool. So I'm sure you have that like same passion. Yeah, for sure. And you're still currently playing too, right? Will you be playing? Yeah. In- nice. Yeah. I've been doing your workouts with Hallie. They're really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone listening should follow along and do those workouts. They're hard. So you'll be in great shape for, for playing this summer. <laughs> um, so I obviously, when I do these podcasts, I get a lot into culture and I just love getting people's, um, you know, ideas on culture and what you guys do with your program. So what has kind of been the main theme and focus for Syracuse lacrosse for this season? Yeah, I mean, I think the Syracuse kind of culture or that center point that we focus on is it's a family. Um, we have that family mentality and, you know, we treat our players like our family and, you know, they're each other. The, these, uh, you know, their teammates, they treat as, you know, sisters, as a family. And that's kind of what we our center point is. And then, you know, before COVID, um, 
we do a bunch of team activities and, you know, bonding events and, you know, bring the parents up for a weekend and get everyone together. And I think having that connection and that closeness and, you know, that close communication is kind of what, what we focus on, on and off the field. So that that's been huge for us. Yeah. I mean, it's very evident in the way your alumni at Syracuse are like just gung ho and, I mean, it's I, unreal. Triple H is like a mini Syracuse hub because I have like literally yeah. every one of my coaches on my club team are all Syracuse like alum or at least half of them. And you're their like excitement for every game and going back to Syracuse. They go back to campus more than I've like been back to Northwestern. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like it's like it's so humbling to see. I mean, I remember even when I actually wasn't sure if I was going to take this job at first. And I called Nicole Levy, um, who's my age, Hallie. I, Hallie is probably the one who really got me to uh, take the job. I called Michelle Tumalo and they had nothing but good things to say. And since I've taken that job, I've had so many alum like reach out and, and, you know, say that they're so excited that I'm here and they're so pumped to watch us play. And I'm always getting, you know, friendly messages before a game and they're so invested and, and so involved. I mean, Hallie, Michelle and Becca Block were up here last weekend for the game and they stayed at Gary's house. So it's just, it really is that family mentality. And, you know, whether you're on the team presently or in the past or future upcoming, like you're a part of the Syracuse family and that doesn't go away. So it's been really, really cool to see. That's awesome. I mean, it obviously is a true testament to what Gary's done with this program and him as a coach. And I think I don't I, maybe it's just the approachability or the comfortableness. I don't know. What do you think it is that like makes Syracuse have that next level kind of alumni base and, you know, everyone's just so invested no matter if they graduated 10 years ago or a year ago. You know, I, it, it comes from Gary. I mean, he, he's so different than any coach I've ever been around. Um, you know, obviously I'm seeing it from a different perspective, being a coach, not a player, but I always say, I'm like, I would have killed to have been a player for you at some point in my life. And I just think, you know, everybody who I've talked to alumni and, and, you know, present players, they want to play for him. Like they adore him and they want to play for him and be successful for him. And he just has this calming, trusting, you know, vibe, I guess you can say with him. And it's just, it's very, um, it's very, you know, I don't know what the word is very securing, I guess, Yeah. To, uh, you know, from a, from a coaching standpoint, from my player standpoint, um, he kind of just brings that gentle, calming energy and people trust him. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause when you watch him, he's not like a screamer. He's not a yeller. He's not like, no, he's just like kind of even keeled. And I mean, it's, and always has amazing teams. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, and after this year, you guys have battled through so much adversity, like seeing Harstruck and Carney go down with ACLs, which was like devastating, but you guys haven't skipped a beat. So what do you think is that like, how's it going at practice? Obviously there's are two giant hurdles you need to get over and you guys are still right. playing here in the elite eight, trying to get to the final four. Right. Um, yeah, those were two tough hits. And, you know, before season even started, one of our middies, Vanessa Constantino also tore hers. Wow. So, you know, you got one, one out, and then a month later you got a second and a month later you got a third. So mentally, I think for the girls that that was tough, 
uh, you know, and they all happened where we were all there, uh, very visible. But I remember after the BC game, after uh, Carney tore hers, um, one of my diehard kids, I, I would die for her. Um, but so I was all out of sorts, all out of sorts. And it's just, I couldn't handle my emotions. And I look at him, he's like, all right, here's, here's the plan moving forward right off the bat. Like he's, and then I was like, all right, we got this. And I, I knew we had, we would be fine either way, but just to see him so calm and already thinking about the next move and the next step. And, you know, the next day at practice, we didn't make it a big deal. We, we went about, you know, how we would practice any other day. We, we moved Emma Tyrell to attack. She had a lights out game and we've been rolling ever since. And, um, you know, with those, those injuries, those guys, Carney, Chuck and Vanessa, they've stepped into an amazing role as, you know, they're more coaches now. And it, it's so like, it's so nice to see how, how they've taken this, you know, obstacle and turned it positive and have been, you know, contributing in different ways now. So I think, you know, our, our players see that and how much they're still invested and they play for them now. So it was tough, but I think, you know, we just keep handling this adversity and we just keep moving forward. That's awesome. I mean, I'm sure those players themselves aren't going to, they might realize this now, but they're probably learning so much more this year than they ever will, you know, being on the field next year when they come back and yeah, it's just such a huge mental mental game for them right now. And then to do it with a like, positive way and to mentor their teammates is huge. It's very impressive, but it's cool because they're, they're having a totally different outlook on, on the game right now. So they'll come back, you know, more lax IQ, mm-hmm. you know, better ideas. So it, it's good. It's good. That's awesome. So big weekend ahead for you guys. You guys are in the playoffs playing Florida Saturday at two, right? Yep um obviously what comes with like may madness and playoffs is like pressure so what do you guys do as a family and a culture do you talk about the pressure do you not do you just kind of go along your own way I have a feeling I kind of know the answer already just knowing the way Gary is and the way you guys are but I would just love to hear about the excitement the nerves and how you guys handle it as a team and a coaching staff we keep everything the exact same we don't make anything a bigger deal. We don't make anything a lesser deal. It doesn't, you know, we, we prepare for each team the same and we keep that consistency and that kind of, you know, routine with our players. And that's what keeps them, you know, at that constant level. There's no really ups and downs emotionally or physically, or, you know, we just try and keep the same type of game plan all week that we would with any other team, obviously, you know, playoffs, it's a little bit different for the, for the players and the coaches. Um, but no, we, we really don't change anything. We try and keep it as normal as possible to keep our kids, you know, balanced and, and ready to go. Totally. And you guys, did you, you, did you see Florida at all this season or no, you haven't played them yet? We haven't played them since 2019. Because of COVID you guys only did ACC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now is this game home or are you guys away? Yeah, we're home in Syracuse. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Because yeah. this was a little bit different of a year, right? You had to like bid bid to host? Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. Awesome. So kind of getting into a little bit of the lacrosse um, feel and the way you guys play. You're obviously your offense is super fun to watch. Um, you know, everyone talks about the Syracuse weave and what you're doing. And I think the mm-hmm. 
biggest thing is that you you don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? There's, <laughs> like there's something different every single time. Like, yes, yeah. it has the same concepts, but you know, there's a different shot. It comes from a different angle. There's different people coming off the weave, you're, whether you're picking, you're not picking, you're slipping. Um, how do you guys practice this and how do you create such high IQ? Kind of a tough question. So, yeah. So, you know, the IQ, Gary's very creative and um, there's a lot of things within that one play. So depending on who we're playing or, you know, the style of defense or really who's hot that day and who's not, that's how we make adjustments. And I think their lax IQ grows because it's always changing. It's never the exact same all the time. So the girls have to adjust and they have to learn. Um, that's the, the greatest part about this offense is yes, it's a weave. We actually call it give and go or GG, but there's so many different pieces within that. So it's so super hard to defend. Um, and I think the toughest part is we're constantly moving. So the defense has to constantly be moving. So it's, it's almost part of, it's a battle of who can keep up the longest. Totally. And, you know, we, as the season progressed, we've gotten way more patient of running it, you know, down past 30 seconds on the shot clock. And that's tiring for the D and yes, it's tiring for us too, but um, we're able to find those little mishaps within the defense. And that's when we capitalize and that's when we find those easy looks. Totally. And especially against teams that, you know, you think about the middies that are maybe trying to get a break, maybe standing up top and you have to constantly be moving and communicating when you're dead tired. It's very hard to defend. Um, yeah. What are some like drill, do you guys do some specific drills at practice, whether it be like man up or just things that just keep helping that IQ and keep growing, like, I guess mm -hmm. their game on another level. Yeah. So, um, you know, within that offense, there's, there are drives from the top kind of ISOs. So we'll do one V ones and footwork and, you know, dodging drills. And then there's, you know, the pass back pick back or the pick on ball roll off. So we'll do, um, you know, just break that down into a drill where they, you know, pick up, drive off, roll off of it. Mm -hmm. Or, and then there's the um, opposite side cuts. So we'll do drive over the top and have the guys cut on both sides, to, you know, just breaking down what we want to see from them that game and just putting it into little drills. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, I think it is like, you can watch so much film on it, but you're never going to really know what you're doing because it's not a set play. And I think that's like the beauty right. of your guys' offense is it's a motion that's ever changing that they also have the creativity to, to take their own, like, you know, that's the best part. Yeah. Cause you know, we'll tell them run GG and run it through and they, they find things that work on their own. And you're like, I don't they, know what's going to happen. Yeah. You're like, all right, that works. That, that cut works. And then the next time they find something else and it's, they're all evolving and growing as players and, you know, thinking outside of the box and getting creative, which is so cool to see. Yeah. And I mean, I think the variety at which your attack can shoot at all different spots, like outside shots, inside shots, like, do you guys do a ton of shooting reps at practice? Yeah, a ton. So I, um, every day before practice, I'll do, um, an optional 30 minutes of shooting before practice even starts. Um, yeah. I'm a huge believer in repetition. So that that's key. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do a bunch of shooting drills with defense, um, which has actually really helped us um, in practice and things like that as well. Now, when you guys add defenders for your shooting drills, do you do it full speed or do you do it like they're just kind of on them? 
not full speed for the D. Um, yeah. Offense is obviously going full speed, but just enough pressure where um, it's there, but they can still get the shot off. Yeah, I know that's it. Ha- Hallie's obviously been coaching my high school team with me and we've been doing yeah. it a little bit. So like just adding that, just like loose pressure just helps them. It's crazy. Cause I think just sometimes girls just shoot to shoot. They don't really take that extra check and like run through yeah. the stick or make a fake or. No. So, you know, have, we'll just tell our D get on their hands or get on their body. So it's just a more challenging shot. And then I like to do, um, have the D be right on their back. And do cuts and get the trail check. So our girls are learning to, you know, catch and pull and protect if they're inside and things like that. So just different looks. Cause sometimes when you're shooting to shoot, you're not really thinking about it. So when you add yeah. some defense, you got to actually lock in exactly. a little bit more. You're like, that would have been great if there was no one on you, but yeah, exactly. you checked yourself exactly. or you got back checked. <laughs> uh, and I think high school girls, especially we, they, my girls like score in their mind before they catch the ball so they actually oh, work on curl cutting like all the time so it's they like, do it they do it in college too <laughs> I'm like oh you scored but you actually didn't catch the ball yeah yeah um I'm moving over to the other end which um I love your guys defense it's you know fun to watch it's a great zone and the reason why I love your guys zone is just there's so much pressure mm-hmm. and it's a zone mm-hmm. um so now does this just take constant practice? Like they're just like all on the same page and in sync. And, you know, I feel like it's, once again, they kind of have that, um, of, they have the ability to be like, all right, I'm going to go pressure or we're not, you know what I mean? They have some own decisions to make in there as well, mm-hmm. where it's not like so structured. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, uh, Defo is a phenomenal coach. I mean, she does not stop. She, she's been, amazing she has so much knowledge on the game and um she totally runs that defensive side that's all her yeah um we're also very lucky because it is a very different defense it's it's not run by many it's very difficult to learn and it's very difficult to figure out and break Mm -hmm. we have you know fifth years and seniors on our dn so they've been a part of this for four or five years now and they they're all on the same page. The connection is really unmatched. It, it, it's amazing. So we're very lucky to have veteran players on that back end right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's a challenging defense and it's something that you have to really learn and buy into. And, you know, everyone kind of has their, their specific zones and where they are on the field. So you're really responsible for, for you know, your zone and what you do, but everybody is working together. Yeah. But it's great to have the leadership back there. And it looks tiring. So I was watching it. I was like, these middies at the pace you play on attack and the pace you play on defense, like they are like, super good. Like I was like, holy crap, Sam is just like going out there. I know. You guys are like 10, 10 yards beyond the 12 sometimes. And, yeah. and sometimes in, you know. So do you guys um do you run like two midi lines, full lines, A mids, D mids? What's your kind of concept in the midfield? So we have two midi lines, um, but within those two lines, we have an O-mid and then a D-mid. Got it. Um, it's funny you say that they get tired because we started to realize that and we, we took the approach of, all right, you guys can you know get it around and take some time off to catch your breath so we can run at full speed. And what we found was like, it doesn't really work for us, you know, just like, <laughs> like, like just, you know, doing it at a very slower speed or not even starting it. Like we don't really know how to just relax. Yeah. So we were like, all right, 
forget it. Let's just go full speed. We'll, we'll sub you off sooner if you need it. <laughs> but um, no, both lines of our middies are grinders. So it, it's, That's great. it's awesome. Um, yeah, it is funny how like when you change it up, like even with my high school team, we're really bad at stalling. I'm like, all right, just run your motion at full speed for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're That's, like, okay, I can do that, but I like, can't stand and stall. I'm like, I don't get just, it. But, you can run right. it through, just don't shoot until the clock's exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's great. But I mean, yeah, they just seem so fit. And so like when you have certain personnel and do you guys just stay the same motion or certain defenses or is it kind of just the same with both your midi lines? They're all even and you just keep doing your thing. Yeah. So um, we have two righties and a left on our first line mids. And then our second line mids is two lefty and a right. So it kind of balances each other out with, um, in regards to our attack with them. So it's good to have different looks, uh, looks, you know, yeah. our first line is more righty dominant and then our second line is more lefty dominant, but yeah. it's, it's good. It, it helps and it balances and it gives us different looks. That's awesome. Yeah. Back at Northwestern, we used to run two to three lines because the pace we played was pretty similar to you guys actually defensively, but it was man high pressure there and, right. um, you know, fast pace on, on attack. And now I look at some teams that don't sub the middies. I'm like, how are they physically running? I know it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was like, it must be impossible. And I tell my kids, like, you shouldn't be able to run right up and down more than like six times. Like, you know, right, like, like, right. Like, if you're going at the pace that, you know, you'll get them to play at. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I'm moving to the middle of the field, your draws. Um, Ella Simpson, Simpkins is having like a great year on the draw. She's so fast off the line. Um, your draw taker has been great too. And mm-hmm. you guys work on draws every day. Is this like a main concept? Um, do you work on like your fast first step off the draw? What's kind of your go-to in the draw world? Yeah, we, we, um, we prioritize the draw every day. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't work with the draw team at all. That's not my specialty. I'll work with the circle people to be aggressive, but, um, you know, between Gary and Caitlin and actually Emily Harris truck has totally taken the draw team for us. Yeah. She has been uh, phenomenal for us, you know, helping all of them out and she runs the draw drills. So Defoe can take the D and we can take the O and it's been super helpful. Um, But yeah, our circle kids, they're just like Ella Simpkins, uh, you already mentioned, but, She's just a competitor. She's gritty. She's tough. And, you know, she's a prime person to, to put on the circle to get us the ball. It's funny. The draw is so interesting. Like, you know, yesterday we had a game when we got dominated in the draw and I was like, we're just not reading the ball. Right. Ella like reads the ball on the correct step. You know what I mean? Like sometimes over their head, sometimes not. Yeah. It's like, I talked to so many coaches and and Hallie and all of them. Like, how do you get kids to become good at reading where it's like going, like you're having a fast step. So it's not just fast step forward. It's fast step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the connection piece between the actual draw taker and the circle is crucial. Mm -hmm. Um, we have certain calls, certain zones that we get the ball to and our draw person, if you see is talking to our circle people before every single draw. So at least it gives them a a chance or an idea to know where the ball is going to go. But then the other piece is you're right. Um, you know, I was working on this with Ella and uh, Emma Tyrell a little bit with the box out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just getting getting to box out and then finding the ball and getting, you know, that 
that um, opponent on your back. That way you have the advantage is, is crucial. And I think they just have such a fast first step and they're so aggressive off the line that it, it just works in our favor most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly probably the most important part of our game right now still, because you can win the draw and never play defense. So like, you know, yeah. Billy Monty used to tell yeah. us you ruin the draw, you rule the world, like yeah. let's make it, take it. So it is Absolutely. so huge. So hopefully you guys continue that uh, into this weekend. Yeah. Um, what, uh, so like you guys, obviously this is winter go home right now. You're getting into Saturday. What would today's practice, like I guess, kind of look like heading into tomorrow's big game? Yeah. So with NCAA, um, you have a time limit. <laughs> so we have a certain amount of time. Um, I'll do some shooting before practice even starts. We'll meditate and visualize right after that. And then you know, basic warm up, and then we'll get right into, you know, a couple of drills just to get moving, get our shooting going, and then we'll dial into our 7v7. So we'll do, we'll, you know, focus on the D, focus on the O, a little man up, man down, and that's really it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And a key word that I love that I do with my team all the time is meditate and visualize. Is this something that Syracuse has always done, or is this something that you did at Florida, you do on your own, or both? Um, so Gary has totally brought that this, um, onto his team. He said he learned how to visualize when he was 12 years old and he's taken that, you know, since and, um, brought it into our team. And we, you know, we have somebody come and, well, he was over zoom the last year, but, um, come teach us how to visualize and meditate and, you know, give us, um, some exercises to know how to do it. And we prioritize that um, every single day we meditate, meditate and visualize every single day. Um, we do team visualizations. Um, so it's been great. I visualized starting in high school, but it was never like a big thing at Florida at all. Um, just something that's worked with me. So it was really cool to see how he brings, you know, the whole team involved in this. And it's been very beneficial for us. I love that. I mean, actually we used to visualize all the time at Northwestern. It's something I kept going. Um, as well as a high school coach with my kids. And I just think, especially high school girls, girls are such perfectionists that mm -hmm. they like literally always think about messing up or the one mistake. So if like, you can get that out of your mind, it's like so important. And I try and say to the younger girls too, like, I already forgot your mistake. Yeah. Like two seconds. Like you're, you're wearing about two seconds compared to the rest of the whole entire game. It's so funny because, you know, I would get caught up in that. Everybody does. And because you're so hard on yourself and most kids just have so much passion for the game. I actually had this conversation with one of my players the other day about um, how she was so caught up in her mistakes and her confidence started to go down in the game. And I said the exact same thing. And I was like, we forget about your mistake two seconds later. We just want to see you hustle back and, you know, yeah. just keep playing. And it's so like refreshing for me as a coach. Now I'm like, wow, like coaches really like they're, <laughs> you're going to make mistakes. Like coaches know that, but when you're a player, it's like the end of the world. Yeah. So, you know, that mental piece and that mental game is super important. So yeah, that's awesome that you're doing it with the high school. Yeah. Kids. It is crazy to think, um, like, I don't even realize who scores a lot of the goals. I'm the same way. So when I send in my stats, I'm like, oh, wow, that girl had a great game. But I only remembered her, her like cause turnover on the ride. Mm -hmm. Or I remember like some little thing that 
I don't think they like truly believe us when we say I'm like, I don't know who scores the goals. Like, yeah. I don't, like, yes, you might remember the game winner, but you know, it's really, I don't know until I look at the stats later on, but you remember it's those so true. moments. Yeah. And I'm the same way where I look at the little things and those, you know, just little things that you don't get recognized for, but make all the difference. And I always try and make it a point to my players, you know, like patting them on the back for pushing the fast break and running it the right way versus, you know, getting the goal. And I think they're starting to really realize that like all these little things do add up and they do help, even if they're not, you know, recognized on a stat sheet. And um, once you get out of that mindset, it, it's, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, totally. I know. I'm like, guys, just have fun. Like we stop. Just have fun. Don't worry about it. <laughs> sounds a lot. E- I mean, it's very easy to say it's a lot harder to do, but yes, like yeah. just have fun and work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, getting a little bit to our last piece that we usually do on this podcast is um, just talking about like the upcoming summer and recruiting and just advice for what Syracuse looks for in a player. What do you guys kind of prioritize as a staff and any advice for those 23s and I guess 22s that are still available out there Yeah. Um, for this summer? Yeah, I mean, I know this last summer and maybe hopefully not this summer, it's been tough with COVID. Um, I watched more film. <laughs> my eyes were glued to a computer more in the <laughs> last summer than my four years of college. But um, no, my... For Syracuse, you know, I think it's a little bit of everything. We look for athletic kids, tall kids. Um, You know, Gary likes the creative side of things with great stick skills. But, you know, you need a little bit of everything. So I think for any player who wants to get recruited, take your strengths and run with them and, you know, be willing to to keep learning and keep getting better, which I know all these kids are, I mean, everyone, all these kids are so dedicated now. It's, it's so nice to see, but just taking your strengths and utilizing them and, you know, using them to your advantage. And I think, um, for, for us, we we love, you know, having a little bit of everything. So we're open to anyone and everyone. So it's just a matter of who's going to, you know, stand out a little bit more, who's going to show that they'll make those, you know, those, those gritty, hardworking plays versus, you know, the, the basic stuff. So just play to your strengths. Yeah. Any advice for like camps, tournaments? Do you, do you love working with people in person? So would you like anyone that's interested in playing at, you know, a place like Syracuse, would you recommend them getting to come work with you in person? Absolutely. I think that is our number one thing that we, we look forward to and we try to do is, get to know these kids. These players need to kind of get a feel for these coaches and see if they, they line up and they, you know, they match up with um, how they play and how we coach, because, you know, you don't want to go somewhere where you don't connect with the coach or, or it's not, you're not on the same, you know, level, I guess you could say. Um, But it just, you want to build a relationship as early on as you can. And we love to see these kids and get to know them before recruiting them and, things like that. It, it's, it's cool to see them in a camp setting at tournaments and the more we know you and the more familiar you're, we're with, you know, with you, then the better chances that we'll want to, you know, recruit you. Totally. I mean, I think that's huge. And I think, you know, you do this whole prior to the, you know, actual face-to-face interaction is just like a storyline. Like you, they imagine they're going to love that school or they imagine they're going to love that staff. And I think there's definitely, it's a two-way street. It's not just you liking the kid. Yes, 
but like they also need to like you too you know so yeah. it's like it's I think that's a huge have, piece yeah that you don't that, that the kids sometimes don't really think about like mm-hmm. they like you're saying they they just assume they'll love it and yeah. that's why I'm always like explore your options see everything and anything you can compare contrast pros and cons you know don't limit yourself don't don't be set on one school and that's it because you just you never know totally and I mean that's how you avoid transfers are being unhappy like you know what I mean it's the kids that go to the school or go to play for a coaching staff that they love they'll all they'll stay there for forever yeah, I think that's super important that sometimes kids don't really think about or, you know, take into consideration as you you still want to like the coach. You might have, you know, a set plan and set idea in your head of where you want to go and who you want to be coached by, but uh, you never really know. So you got to you got to get out there. You got to experience, you know, the campuses, the coaches, the facilities, all of that. And then, you know, kind of put that all together and see what fits best for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because until they get to their junior year, they're just basing everything on what other people did. Yeah. I knew I was have the gut feeling that I did when I went to Northwestern. So that kind of just I'm glad I trusted my gut and actually like explored my options. Yeah, I mean, it's actually funny. It was the opposite for me. Um, Florida was the first school I visited. And I was just... (laughs) not into it. I have no idea why I just wasn't into it. I definitely was more of a homebody back then. So Florida is my first visit. And then after, you know, I visited Syracuse, which I love, but, um, I visited UNC, I visited, you know, all these different schools. And then I kept, you know, comparing to Florida and I was like, Oh my gosh, like none of these schools for what I need and what I'm looking for compared to Florida. So, you know, I never even considered Florida really as an option, you know, to go. And I just went and visited and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the school I'm going to go to. That's awesome. But you said something huge is that you did take the time to compare to the other schools. And then you trusted your gut instinct. You trusted that feel from the schools. And I'm sure you worked camps with Mandy and it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time. Good luck tomorrow against your alma mater. I'm sure it's going to be a little weird for you, but when you're a coach and you're coaching, obviously, you put things aside and you hope Syracuse wins, but you know, I'm sure it'd be great to see your old coaches and go get them. Hope the visualization works today and we'll be following along. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) All right. See you, Sydney. Bye.